Hello everyone and welcome to episode 20 of UK League Chat. Um, quite an important one I think. We've just had quite a big announcement uh, about the UK League itself and to go over that we've got a couple of guys uh, that know their way around the UK League very well and we'll get some uh, opinions on that change. So we've got Torok and we've got Froomey and I've just noticed Wait. that you guys are on, uh, you're, you're in the wrong place on my screen. Oh, I'm Torok. So, <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> so I'll swiftly sort that out. <laughs> Apart from that, how are we doing? Yeah, uh, not bad, huh? Yourself? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, I'm. Um, well, I feel like I'm in. The, I've lost the plot now that, that that was the wrong way around, but that's fine. Let's um, <laughs> let's get right into the actual meat of the episode then. So, for anyone that doesn't know, if you're watching, you probably do. Uh, UKLC, it's not finished. It's there still is a UKLC. But we've now got the Northern League of Legends Championship, the NLC, which is going to kind of combine the top teams from uh, from the Nordic League and from the UKLC into um, was it a twelve team league? Yeah. Well, and kind then, of. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which which is like split into two groups. Uh, we'll get into that. Um, and then below that, there's going to be five more leagues, essentially for each of the countries, and then the top two teams from each of those leagues. We'll go to the Talia Masters. The top two teams from the Talia Masters will go to a promo relegation against the bottom two teams from the NLC. That I, have, that I haven't missed anything there, right? That's yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's about pretty right, much yeah. it. Yeah. What was what were our initial thoughts? Because when I first saw, I, my first thing was like, I thought, okay, new UK league. My first thought was again, because um, obviously we've had we've had it change a few times now uh, in the last couple of years. And also, maybe it's a bit much. Does it like is it a, a maybe a bit confusing? I saw there was a Reddit thread about um, just about the whole new setup, obviously. And for anyone outside the UK league, I think my first kind of worry was that it might be a bit tricky to get your head around it for someone that doesn't already know the league, if that makes sense. So I saw people asking if it if it's like some the Tilia Masters, for example, if it's separate to EU Masters. Uh, even saw someone asking if it has like world spots linked to it so I think for like a more <laughs> casual fan that was kind of one worry I had is it, is it maybe a bit complicated or what, do you, what were your guys kind of initial thoughts Um, so I've known about like the merger being on the cards for a while and uh, when, they, when they first started talking to us about it I was like really really sceptical because I was worried about you know what, what kind of mark that would leave on the UK scene not being a uh, prestigious uh, ERL anymore and being thrown in with the uh, the Nordics. But um, after seeing like the standard of the orgs that have been thrown into this like new conglomerate, it actually looks really exciting. And I'm, uh, you know, happy to be on an org that's in it. Um, but obviously it's brought along uh, this sort of league pyramid with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I like it. I like seeing that there's a route for teams from the bottom to come up to the top of the ERL because if you look at the bottom of the pyramid it says that grassroots teams can go all the way from like you know the bottom leagues which I assume could be UKEL or the uni leagues like the Newell or the NSA like I, I quite like it the Telia Masters was something that I didn't realize was going to happen until the day of the announcement um, so that, that was sprung on me as a bit of a surprise but I like it like um, you've got the top two leagues from their own regions I think it's like the UK and Ireland for the UKLC, Norway, Finland, Denmark, and Sweden. Yeah. 
And it's the top two teams from there going to this Telia Masters, which would be a competition of uh, 10 teams. At, at least that's what they're saying at the minute. And, you know, those are 10 teams of players that could not be far off uh, NLC level. Or, you know, if they go into the promotion relegation tournament and win, then they're in the NLC. So I actually really like it. It has a lot of structure and it has a, a lot of, uh, you know, room for development for teams to move up the ladder. Um and yeah, I like it. It can you can go all the way from grassroots to EU masters now, and that's quite nice. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said about um, obviously teams can't. Well, I think it's just the kind of thing with having promotion relegation anyway. I think it it kind of drives competition a bit more. Like, yeah, I, I think promotion relegation is good from a playing standpoint. Like, uh, as in players can go from low down to high up, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously improve and get into higher leagues. The only thing I'm skeptical on with promotion relegation is what orgs could potentially be replacing what orgs. Uh, the economic shift as a result of that, and you know, if if the orgs that are coming in are going to be able to contribute as the, as much as the orgs going out, um, and you know, just how that improves the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because that's the kind of thing we see with like the franchise in the bigger leagues, isn't it? I guess as well. So, for the organisations, it it's more safe for them. They can then. They, they're willing to maybe invest a bit more as well and and get behind the their esports teams more because they know that they're not going to get kicked out. So kind of yeah, kind of has pros and cons, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I just like the fact that if you know if a if a team is doing well, they can't they, they, there is that route in now rather than um, you know just having sort of these set teams. If you don't get one of those teams, then good luck. Um, so I quite like that. It was one thing you touched on maybe that I thought was a bit weird as well is. Is and I've only said kind of negative things mostly f- so far, but I do I do quite like it in general. The only other th- problem I saw is obviously just the fact that the UK doesn't really belong with those other countries. It's not really. It's only because obviously DreamHack um, are the ones that need to run it, which is why it's kind yeah. of grouped in. I think that's the only th- other thing that I understand why it's happened. It's just for again from like an outsider looking at it, I don't. People aren't going to see that that makes too much sense, I don't think. I think there were reasons why these two regions were pushed together. And I think one of the big ones is the English broadcasting. Because Nordic is broadcasted in English, whereas the other regions are broadcasted in the home languages. And that's mainly because, you know, in Norway, Finland, Denmark, and Iceland. Finland. I feel like was Finland. Yeah, they, they all speak a different language, yeah. so it makes sense to do it in English. Um, and obviously the UKLC, we have it in English, so there's there's no transition of losing broadcasters because they were all the same broadcasters doing it in English. Mm-hmm. But um, the viewership in the regions was doing very poorly in comparison to other ERLs. Yeah. And I think one of the big reasons that they've thrown these two regions together is in a hope that it will spur on viewership mm-hmm. and increase like the interaction with the league. You know, there's there's more countries involved. And they're hoping that will uh, reinvigorate the regions more than anything. You know, it might even like get the fans more behind it. Like, if you're from the UK, you're going to want the UK teams winning. You might, people might take more interest in how the teams are going. The same with, the, you know, if, if there's a Finnish team, if there's a Swedish team, I'd imagine their fans will be rooting for them a bit more rather than being fans of the league, just watching the league, like I think most people do. And I'm not going to lie as well. I genuinely think that like bringing these nations together surely has to put it up there as like a, a major league comparing it to like 
Spain. I think they're at that level because the amount of organisations which you could possibly get into this league. I also really like the the, the system because I think while franchising franchising systems can kind of work uh, for top divisions like you know, LEC, LCS, I think that sometimes um, you can you don't get the opportunity to find these grassroots teams which have created together and kind of bonded together and created their own like, identity and work their way up. And then eventually one of those could potentially be a star just because of the synergy which you have. Uh, where with, while, so there's two different types of player development when it comes to like franchising to grassroots. It's franchising, you're generally probably looking at like one player uh, who potentially could be good solo. Where with grassroots, you could find a whole team which just works well really together. And then that could result in either a good player coming up or a whole team coming up and a new team being created as this uh, new organization which comes through, which which is, is very old school League of Legends when you see like teams, you know, climbing up, create an organization themselves. And I think at, at this level, um, for most leagues, I think even at EARLs, I think that's the best way to do it because it's nice to see new leagues come up to have new um, organizations and organizations feel that they can just jump into it. I mean, immediately now, like we see... Um, couple organizations which haven't been in league of legends i think one of i think was it is it Ents um is them, isn't it? yeah the cso team yeah which is huge and I, I know that uh i believe god sent were previously in league of legends like in the challenger scene but yeah. uh, that's it yeah god sent were about uh they, they took year, over right? one of the teams to go into uh-huh. eum and then they were potentially planning on doing League again, but decided against it for the split, but then came back in now, which is a bit strange, but you know, <laughs> they're a good representative for Sweden, I think. Uh, another one was Tricked, who was in the Challenger series at one point. Yes, yeah. uh, and then they took a big hiatus from League, and now they're in it as one of the Danish representatives. Uh, I think the vast majority of the others have been involved in League in some capacity. You know, there's, there's Riddle, which wasn't involved in any ERLs for a Mm-hmm. at least a year now and now they're in it uh, but they're obviously a big org in Norway they play in the Teleligan over there as well um, I think all of the orgs from the UK the uh, and Ireland you know uh, Munster obviously was feeling they've all been in league a long time mm-hmm. uh, Singularity is in the Masters uh, Dusty were in the Nordics last split and they're Iceland's representative and I think it's Nordavin that's the other one, mm-hmm. who is obviously a, a huge org with football, uh, with football back in from Norway. So they were in the Nordics last year as well. So there's there's a lot of orgs that have been in and out of league. But I think Ents is the, the one that's like completely fresh because they were a massive CSGO org. Mm-hmm. And now they're Finland's representative in League of Legends, I suppose. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do, being a big org, but taking their first steps into League of Legends. One thing I'd wondered, I don't know if it's something anyone knows the answer to or not, is there, is there any change in like import rules then with this? Like, do they, are the UK teams, um, well, I don't know how to, is it just the same kind of similar what it was like before where you just had to be in the region? Because is the region now just the whole of, of like all of those countries could, like would Ericsson, for example, <laughs> have counted as a, an import anymore? Like, I don't, I wasn't sure how that was going to work. Um, we're encouraged to um, take players from our home regions if we can to, you know, make, make it more about the countries mm-hmm. rather than, you know, the teams, I suppose. But um, technically, the rules are because this is a new ERL, 
uh, a conglomerate of seven or eight countries, then you can pick from any of the seven or eight countries. Okay. Uh, Torek as well. One thing which I did want to get from like a coach's perspective is, um, so now obviously, is is it is it going to be easier to find like a a, a ERL level like with the NLC because now essentially while, um, while obviously the the system's bigger, like it's now a second tier. So is that is that going to be more positive or negative for coaches? Do you think in the in the overall scheme of things? In what way do you mean? Sorry, is it like the the second division well, now, beneath NLC or? Yeah, so now um, the where you, where you had the Nordics and the UKLC were still classed as like to, the top tier leagues. Yeah. Now you've kind of got the top tier league and then like four or five lower tiers. Do you think that having like kind of less top ERL uh, spots for coaches is positive or negative as a whole for like that whole kind of um, recruitment? Well, if you want to look at the coach ecosystem in general for the whole of Nordics and also the UK, probably a positive, right? Mm. I mean, if you're going to say, like, uh, if, if you were examining the leagues last year, yes, you'd have had more slots in the, the very top divisions, but the, the sheer amount of the five feeder leagues plus uh, in this Telia Masters plus then the NLC, I mean, I can't see coaches missing out on slots. If anything, there should be more. Um, maybe teams that want to get in will invest. I think it's quite unlikely that you'll find a grassroots org of, or team of five players being in one of these leagues. So the UK mm. or, or Denmark, whatever, because you've got to remember they're taking this from already established leagues that run on the side anyway. So Denmark has always had the LCD. It just hasn't had any impact or, or funding from Riot. It's just existed, mm. right? So what they're doing is they're taking, well, the LCD in Denmark and probably going to make that the main feeder league. They're doing the same in Norway with the Teleligen. So they're, all these leagues which were sort of really fringe before and just existed had a, a core viewer base i think a thousand odd people watching lcd last year which is more than uk and nordic combined at some points right so you know the lcd has some fans like mm -hmm. the, these 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 um leagues existed for a reason vipers competed i think they won the lcd this year right and all that means is now it's going to be turned into a more official system taken within the right erl structure and then hopefully means that the teams are also willing to pick up more coaching staff and put more effort in so as far as i'm concerned it can only really be a good thing and so with that then do you think that because it kind of gives like the lcd more of kind of limelight in this official structure you've actually got a way of working up do you think that then will make like players uh, players improve and also coaching improve as well because there's now even more of a clear kind of road of look you can actually join uh, the second division essentially in in denmark and work your way up to an lc and kind of get those coaching uh, accolades through that or, you know, as a player as well from that standpoint. It should do, right? I mean, people are always encouraged when they can promote. I think it, it it's a really nice incentive to be able to come up, compete for promotion. You know, when it's not only just winning your league and beating your domestic level, it's being able to compete for that more internationalized spot. And it will make, uh, I think, gives a lot more drive to the top teams in those leagues as well to not just sit there and be like, well, you know, we got it now. You know, there's, there comes a level where now we've got to focus on our international competition. He's, you know, if I'm coaching in Denmark, the LCD is split, and I've got to go and then start scouting UKLC, Sweden, Norway to make sure that my team is ready for the promotion series. So, I mean, it should be a good thing. Um, it should it, across the board, it should be a good thing. I actually can't see it being negative, if that makes sense. It just doesn't. It doesn't add up. The only thing that's slightly negative is there's a few less top coaching positions yeah. but at the end of the day i think it should be a net positive by quite a significant margin so mm -hmm. 
one thing you'd mentioned um, in there as well is about the viewership. I think that's that's hopefully a big thing that's that's going to help. Just like, I guess it will help for all of the leagues um, to get more eyeballs on them because you mentioned like, I mean, for the, for one of the like not official streams to have more um, viewers than the UKLC and Nordic Championship is not great. And I think a lot of the times as well, the, the UKLC was <laughs> like uh, was on the front page of Twitch, which I'm sure is always boosting it as well. I think without mm-hmm. that, it was it was sometimes sort of about four, uh, five, six hundred odd viewers. So it's kind of a thing. You, if the teams are going to be a higher a higher level, which I imagine they should be, then it's more top teams against top teams, and hopefully that helps. I do worry maybe that means that the like the UKLC is a, is a viewership going to drop, and the teams that are left there that didn't make it in, it's well, it's obviously going to be worse for them. They would have wanted to be in anyway, but. Um, that was one thing I thought. Do you guys, how do you think the viewership will do on the UKLC, or would it be kind of the same core viewers that will they'll end up watching it anyway? Do you think? I I think, I think it depends on how well the NLC does. Um, I think if the NLC does really really well and then advertises the other leagues and when they're on, we could see people who are interested in the NLC potentially come in and watch. Mm-hmm. But I think the the core viewer base for the UKLC as it is will probably continue to watch the UKLC because it's a it's a very knit community, I think, the UK community. Um, so I'd expect it to be somewhere between the region of its current viewership and the UKL. I think it could take a small hit because the higher profile players are going to be playing in the NLC, which will be a higher profile league than the UKLC will now. And with another gap between the UKLC and the LEC, you know, I'd expect this viewership to probably go down slightly. But, you know, if the NLC does really, really well in terms of its viewership, it could reinvigorate the UKLC's viewership down the line. But I think initially we might see a small hit to the viewership. I'd expect it to be more than the current UKEL viewership. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it, it'll probably be lower due to, you know, Fnatic Academy and Excel Academy moving into the NLC. Yeah. So we don't even get those uh you know, bolstered viewerships. It depends if it's on the front page as well. Like obviously that boosts it dramatically, but you know, I, I do expect it to take a small hit. Yeah. And and I think as well, like in in my opinion, there really is the viewership it I think it's gonna be more worrying to see if the Tellium Masters, which is this whole um, super tournament through the second division if that yeah. is low numbers I think if that because because everybody kind of likes a promotion or relegation and, and that's kind of seen as what is a sub second division essentially to get into the first division that's yeah. the one where I think Dreamhack are going to be thinking it uh, doesn't really matter what the views are on there but if the Telia Masters does well then is there is there going to be a problem and I, it might be a case where, and hopefully, there's obviously this this issue with the UK scene in general where it's a new format each time. This might be generally a case where the first season, especially in like the second divisions and the telemasters, doesn't particularly do well. But then once you've got those relegated sides go down, if there is a relegated side which goes down, they could potentially bring the fan bases, which hopefully they've gained, down below with it. And that could raise up the leagues as a whole anyway. So it could be a case of just after a strength, a bit of time, uh, eventually more popularity comes between those two leagues anyway. I mean, you have to see this entire project as something mm-hmm. which is designed to bolster the marketability, uh, uh, marketing aspects of this league, make it more open to viewership, make it hopefully able to compete with Prime League and the other core regions, right? Because 
But in taking the UK and Nordic together, both these scenes have the player potential and I think personality okay. potential to be a very core cool region for Europe and European masters. The issue always was that people weren't that interested in UKLC, people weren't that interested in Nordic. By combining them together, plus slamming a bunch of money into production value, advertising, all this sort of stuff, in theory, you will see a huge spike in interest across the European continent just because this is now going to be a major era feeder. Mm -hmm. It has to be. There is no way you put together uh, multiple bad rosters based off the talent pool in this league. Uh, in terms of you wouldn't have any low-profile names. It doesn't exist. And obviously, I don't know particularly about the other leagues, but the prize money which is being offered in the prize pool is, is by far mo more most than what's ever happened in, in either of those scenes combined, if I'm correct. Ooh, but... I would disagree with yeah. that. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a million sec, mm -hmm. which I think is 80 grand. Um, you got to remember that the UKLC last split was 60 grand, but okay, that was split yeah. over eight teams. Now we've got 80 grand split Ooh. over 12 teams. So mathematically, yes, it's, it's a bigger number, but it's divided over more teams. So. I think price pool isn't too important either in terms of in bringing in viewers, right? Like, yeah. if you, like I don't watch to see the difference between an 80 grand or 100,000 in a split. I watch yeah. because yeah. suddenly you've got in, oh no, a better studio. You've got in better ideas. You've got better graphics. All these players you're doing great content for them and actually you know what aside from the competitive aspect i actually just want to watch this league in general because mm -hmm. what's exciting for me is uk yeah 100 yeah. plus i think that having the promotion relegation system which can take you all the way from like grassroots all the way to the nlc will probably inspire more people to watch it and watch where they can yeah. get to especially mm -hmm. if their league which is like a tier three tier four links all the way to the nlc it's sort of like league two linking up to the premiership mm -hmm. you know like People who are fans of League Two or playing in League Two will, you know, watch the Premiership. So, I think this is sexual failure from the outset. Me though is is it needs to just be, it needs to just keep continuing. It even when even if there's drops and even if there's highs and lows, I think this needs to be a league. This seems like a system which could work over three or four years. Not it's not a system which is like a one year system. Then we're done because if so, it is pointless because you like the the whole point is that. Um, if you do get that grassroots team and, you know, like kind of word gets shown about this grassroots team and then it, they start climbing up, that's a story in itself. They get into the uh, the, the NLC and then it's like there's, there's stories which can be created through this long-term project. And so it is a case of, and at this point with League of Legends, you can do long-term projects. It's not a, uh, the game isn't going to go hopefully in like another year, is it? It's, it's, it's definitely going to be continuing for a while. So it's one of those where yeah. you hope that, these stories can be created and then like i said i think the league can only do so much but as you, as you would know both of you would know a lot of it is marketability with the teams anyway and the teams need to really invest in in marketing themselves whether it be through the players the coaches social media everything to try and uh, the more they can put in the better the league can be as well yeah and there's a lot of big orgs in the league now like a lot of massive mm -hmm. massive orgs like the quality is top end of the uklc plus top end of the nordics and there's not really a deadweight organization that I can see on the list at the minute. I think one of the big problems for the UKLC is there was a lot of orgs that weren't doing their bit. And that was a problem. Um, I think orgs like, you know, no bias, but I think Barrage did a lot last split. I think Eminem have consistently been doing a lot. I thought Enclave did quite a bit. But from some of the rest of them, they hardly released any content at all. And how, how do you engage a viewership if you're not marketing yourself, you know? You, you're even, not going to get a fan base that way. And even as far office. as like um, 
and even as far as like XL UK, like XL especially, but probably because of the roots of where they came from, they really did try and market the UKLC as which they can for a big organization, which they were. Yeah. Um, which I thought was because obviously the, they've got content which they need to share for like, probably a, the wider audience, but they still every time every game uh, they would uh, you know put the tweet out or they would still interact with some people and the, and then they would also do like kind of a little bit of content mixing both together. Yeah, they had poster at the yeah. UK mm -hmm. office for a, for a few yeah. weeks, right? Stuff like that. It's nice, yeah. really nice. So I mean, I see every single org. I mean. Corona permitting, at least trying to do their best, right? But aside from that, there's a lot of stuff orgs can do. I, mm. I don't think that will drop. It can only rise again if every org's committed, which I think they are, right? Yeah, I think one of the only problems with doing content at the minute is, uh, you know, the global crisis at the moment. Like, yeah. uh, obviously, uh, DreamHack said to us they want to do media days and stuff like that at the start of the split, and they want to do offline finals. It's just a case of, you know, when, when they can, yeah. more than anything. And, you know, we, we can't exactly get players around to do content willy-nilly. Mm -hmm. on, so on we're going to have to improvise a little bit, I think. Yeah, it, when you're bringing all these leagues together, I think the way you were talking about it not being a one-year project, I think just going back to the beginning as well, it's like I feel like this should be the final iteration almost mm -hmm. for, for Nordic and UK League Legends because, I mean, I've spent time both scenes. Mm -hmm. They are both really good scenes both full of very good people who really just need a platform because i felt especially at uk i'll see last year it was it was really just very loosely held together um even nordic dreamhack obviously was sort of scrambled this time and i thought they did a very good job this is their finished product and if you've got an organization like dreamhack who are putting their foot down saying no this will be our contribution to league of legends especially in the nord our space you know our nordic uk space they're not intending on throwing that away they're not on you know, some they're not on. They're not like LVP being contracted from Spain oh. to run this for Riot. Mm -hmm. They are running this out of their own self-interest because DreamHack operates directly from Sweden, right? Yeah. So they they want to nail this, and they've got more than the budget, more than the good staff team. I had nothing but positive interactions with their admins and stuff when I was working in Nordic. So I can't see them just tossing this away, really. No, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Just to touch on that, what Torek said about 2019. I think 2019 is one of the big reasons why we are where we are now. Um, I think 2019 was done poorly. Um, you know, we were promised a lot of stuff that, that didn't come in. And I think the tower format really confused viewers. And it was just another tournament every other week. And mm -hmm. I think the UK especially took a, took a massive hit because it, the, the quality of the orgs that were in there, some of them were just not good enough for a top tier league. Um, but the tower format was horrific, and I think it put off a lot of viewers. I, I, I'm not saying that's anyone's fault in particular, but I think 2019 being as poor as it was is a big reason why they've just gone, right, we, we don't know what to do anymore. Um, let's just mash these regions that are struggling to bring much in together and hope for the best. Uh, and I, I think it's a good step, but 2019 was definitely a reason why we are where we are now. Mm. Um, uh, where Talk was saying about you know the the hope is that DreamHack are going to really sort of kick on with it, and they'll they'll hopefully you know be proud of it and want to want to see the league grow. I was even surprised when I saw um, about that promotion relegation, the Talia Masters. Like in my day job, it's my day job is linked to like telephony companies, and I know that's like a massive company in um, yeah. in Scandinavia. When I saw that as like as a company doing stuff at this level, or I don't know how much they do other than have their name on it, but. I even thought then, you know, if even if they give it a bit more push, like that 
hopefully would get more um, more eyes on it as well. And just it's just a huge company to have, um, I think, involved in it. Well, and I believe that, that they're also sign. like. I believe that they're also like a major partner with Ents as well. If I if I'm correct, I think they also have like a big uh, partnership with them. So I wonder if that. Obviously, we don't know, but maybe like cause obviously Ents came in. Talia thought, oh, this is actually an interesting opportunity for us, and we could have spurred from that as well. Talia but... were running the Norwegian league. Yeah. So like mm. they have been for years now. Talia Ligan. Talia yeah, Ligan. They've, yeah. they've been really, really committed. Um, ah, okay. So this is this is them getting to put their stamp and basically take it further. Yeah, so I imagine this is sort of an expansion of that because I know mm -hmm. that DreamHacks have been wanting to link all these leagues like uh, the LCD as well together and that's their way of doing it is saying like, you're, you're tier 2 now. And you're tier 2, you're tier 2. Are they gonna and be... then put Telia League on it. Um, obviously, um, there's obviously there's some information which has yet to be announced. So obviously if you can't answer it, then obviously that's fine. Okay. Uh, but... It, are the LCD and the Teleliga then getting rebranded? Because by the pyramid system, it mm. kind of just showed UKLC, then five regional leagues kind of thing, and it, it didn't really specify, or can you not really um, I think the, I think, what are they called? They're called, like, Teleliga Finland, Teleliga. Yeah, okay, so they're just going to go around that, yeah. I think the I think the four Scandinavian countries. I don't know what's happening with Iceland, by the way. I noticed that they were just <laughs> kind of left out. I feel bad for them, but um, I think they're they're being rebranded to sort of like League of Finland, League of mm -hmm. Sweden. Right. But it'll be run by the same people. Yeah, because yeah, sure. I know that the LCD admins are running the Danish one. I'm I'm looking at it now. It says like esports series, and then each country. And if you I've enlarged it a lot, and it still has a Talia logo on each one. So okay, there might be yeah. maybe a rebrand, it's, but it's still going to be it's my best only guess the NLC. It's only the UKLC that's not rebranded. Yeah, it, yeah. It, they might do a slight switch to help out the challenge mode bit as well, where they have the SEL Swedish Esports League uh, mm. DEL. They might try and merge that. That's more. Um, speculation but i think it would make a lot more sense to if they again if they're trying to knit all these things together they'll probably try and make sure that the branding on each of them is as good as the uklc it's not and the unfortunate it. thing is obviously again it's all speculation but with the ice an icelandic league that could potentially be a third grassroots uh, but then uh, what would happen then yeah. like, what would happen, where would they go well there was only really one org in iceland anyway. yeah um it, Dusty was the biggest org from Iceland by a huge margin, and they have representation in the NLC. Uh, what was conventional in the old Nordic format, where it would be similar to what we have in Div 2 now, the new Div 2 coming in, where there would be five leagues that come into one, and then they play off at EU Masters, which was the Nordic Championships mm. before they reformatted it. Like The Icelandic teams would come in and just get obliterated <laughs> really, really quickly. Um, it must be such a struggle for them as well because they're so far away from the server. Mm. Mm. So their ping must be huge, like hundreds. It doesn't. But, um, it doesn't actually say about an Icelandic, a specific Icelandic league on there either. So I don't know where. Yeah, it's the four America. Scandinavian countries apart from Iceland that are listed. Yeah, so I just hope that Dusty never get relegated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't know how likely it is for teams to get relegated because um, we should be able to, uh, you know, uh, target the majority of the top talents in these regions. And then mm -hmm. what I find with like Nordic talent is they quite often go to other ERLs a lot of the mm -hmm. time. Like if you look at any other ERL, there's Nordic players everywhere, uh, which doesn't really happen in the UK. Like it's it's like you play in the UK or you go to an academy roster or you go to 
the uh, the LEC. If you're not playing there, then how many players are actually from the UK playing in mm. the RRL at the minute? Uh, I couldn't. Minimal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but if you look at if you look at Nordics, they go everywhere. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's like, will some of the top end players that don't find teams want to play in these Div twos? Uh, it depends on the funding, I suppose. Mm. But, um, it depends as well because it could be there could be a side which maybe possibly didn't get in, maybe like a year side, and they thought, right, let's take this side from the league, rebrand it, and let's put some money into it, and it, it could could go through that way. Um, true. But then, I guess then this is kind of led to something which I never even think of is that so if it comes to a promotion relegation and it's two UK teams which have basically are the top of the Telia Masters. Um, what happens if they're against two Danish teams for the relegation? Does the Danish team then go to the UKLC, or does the, the Danish league then extend? Because then that that doesn't that cause a problem? I, then I've with... thought about this. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. I'd imagine it would be <laughs> like I'd imagine. So there was a rule. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the old promotion relegation. Obviously, we didn't have it in the UKLC last time. Mm-hmm. But there was a rule where the academy teams couldn't get relegated. Yes, yeah. And if they did go into the relegation zone, then there'd be one less relegation. So okay, I'd imagine... So they, wouldn't, they wouldn't push it up. It would just I, be that there wouldn't be I'd a relegation. Imagine, I'd imagine something along the lines of um, no one would get relegated from the UKLC and they'd just promote teams in. Mm. Uh, whereas in the Danish league, um, they'd potentially reshuffle it so that the teams that dropped down could come in. So mm-hmm. maybe they'd make it so that, right, two teams are relegated from the Danish league. No one's coming up. Um, <laughs> no no one is getting promoted this split because we need to make room for Singularity and Tricked if it was them. But and then wouldn't that KLC... cause an issue of what's the point of doing the Talia Masters if we're not going to get promoted at that point, I guess, like for I mean, an org? No, no, that's, not, that's not what I mean. I yeah. mean from like the Danish tier three. Oh, okay, um, okay, right. So let, let's see that. Let's say there were two teams from the Danish tier three that were mm. trying to get promoted, but two teams that were Danish came out of uh, the NLC and got relegated mm-hmm. into the Danish one. I think what they'd say is right. The two teams that finish bottom are relegated because we need to make room for Singularity and Tricked, and okay. no one is no one is coming up. There's no promotion relegation tournament. You're just relegated. We need to make room for mm-hmm. Singularity and Tricked. Whereas in the UKLC. They'd probably be like, oh, the two teams that are in relegation, if it's two teams, I'm not sure on the format, mm. um, you guys are keeping your spots and we're just going to promote in the two from, I don't know, let's say the UKEL or whatever. Oh, them. okay, yeah. And and then they'd just fill out the spots. I, I'd imagine that's what they've got in mind. But mm. I was thinking about this and I don't know how much they've thought about that, but I'd imagine that's how it'd go. They'd they just adjust it. promotion relegation from Div 2 mm-hmm. to uh, Div 3 to Div 2 and compromise on who's getting what spots. Because the only way I can think of it is obviously when you go into like uh, non-league football with like, you have the Vanarama North and the Vanarama South. Vanarama North and South, um, yeah. And so it, what they do is they, they split it evenly. So even though it may be a Southern team, they can be in the Vanarama na- oh, North. That's, that's how you end so. up with teams like Gloucester being in the Vanarama <laughs> North. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm saying that like in, in the Vanarama North, um, it's like the Vanarama South is teams in London and the North is like everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I don't think we would ever see like a Danish team mm. coming to the UKLC. I just it wouldn't make sense unless it's I like Nordvind would... UK or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that they would just balance it out so that yeah. let's say if Nordvind got relegated, then they would make it so that one team got relegated from the Norway Div Two and 
like there's one less promotion relegation spot to make room for them. And then they'd adjust it so that the teams who are in relegation in the UK LC mm. would just keep their spot and not get relegated so that they don't lose a team uh, and then operate on seven because they yeah. can't do that. I'd imagine they'd just reshuffle it from the promo relegations from Div 3 to Div 2. Reshuffle yeah. goodbyes yeah. towards NLC relegations, basically. Mm-hmm. I think I, you I would, think, I think uh, you would expect them to to do you would expect them to have like a system in place because this isn't a thing which they've they've been working on this clearly probably for a while like this whole system because obviously with the amount of organization you've got to get probably by contacting these different separate organizations for everything like that uh, so you would think that they would have a system in place and hopefully but i kind of i kind of hope that it does happen just to see what what happens in the promotion relegation at this point but then i'm like for the good of the league is it best if just nobody gets relegated for the first season yeah, and then well, well, that, was, that was something we were discussing. Like, would it be better for the first split because it's a summer split anyway mm. to just have no promotion relegation this time? And they were quite keen on having it from the beginning so that there's yeah. something to play for. But yeah, I think if it would be likely the way that we've been speaking about. So I think that the home regions, the teams that are near the bottom would be praying that their teams do well in the <laughs> NLC so that they don't get automatically bunked down to make room yeah. for them. And they could actually fight for their spot, but that's that's definitely what I could see being the system. Mm. Mm-hmm. One thing we didn't really touch on too much was about um, the format of the NLC itself, because it's not going to be yeah. just a straight like double round robin, mm-hmm. is it? It's going to be no. like two groups of six, and then yeah. So do they? Uh, I I forget exactly. So do they like play a set amount of games, and then it and then it joins together? Because I remember like they did it in the when it was EULCS, the ULCS. Yes. Uh, for a while. So. We we don't know what group we're in yet, but mm-hmm. we will get placed into a group with five other teams, making it six on one side and six on the other. Um, we then have to play ten games, so it's a best of one double round robin. Right. Okay. And then top four go to playoffs. If you finish first or second, you go into the upper bracket, so you've essentially got two lives in the playoffs. And if you finish third, fourth, you go into the lower bracket, so you're basically like up against it from the beginning, which you know is is fair. You finish lower down. Mm-hmm. Fifth holds their spot, so their season just ends. And then sixth, unfortunately, goes into the promotion relegation tournament with the top two from the Italian Masters. Yeah, and that happens after the NLC. I think it happens just before EUM. Um, but yeah, like that's how it works. It, it, you play ten games, top four, then go into this playoff, where I think it's like. Fourth place, third from the other group. Third place, fourth from the other group. Mm-hmm. And then first place, second, and second place, first. And then it's a double elimination bracket. One thing I really like about this is I was in Greek scene for a little while. And they had a very similar system. They actually ran uh, initially what two groups separately and then combined into a sort of main league and shaved off the two bottom teams. They have like multiple phases. And different to a double round robin system which i actually think is perfectly reasonable and i enjoyed very much last but is it at least gives the same amount of competitiveness whilst making it a slightly different format i've got nothing wrong with a slightly different format it's all right to have a different format so long as it's functional mm-hmm. um, i know that this group format is functional it's not the exact same obviously this goes straight into playoffs so it doesn't give the chance for the two groups to merge which is something i'd have liked to see like if after this point there's a phase B and then the league and then playoffs, but that's probably too convoluted because there's 12 teams rather than the eight or so increase, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's still a, I think a reasonable format. It should be seeded appropriately, hopefully. And yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem. That's the only concern I'd have. As long as it's as long as the groups are evenly seeded, 
there's nothing wrong with the way this this should work out. I like the rest of it, but it's hard I, to seed them properly. That's I think the main thing on that on the seeding is they absolutely have to make sure that both academy teams are in different groups. Yeah, because that would be appearance for them to just go oh yeah let's just randomly draw it oh Fnatic and XL are in the same group oh look Barrage alright so we're, <laughs> we're, great so that's, <laughs> we, as, as we saw in previous splits like they just have infinitely more resources than the other teams and that's why they keep I, I know nothing DLC. about being drawn versus Excel three times <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I think they have to make sure that the academy teams are on the other side mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been discussing it at length with like the coaching staff at Barrage, like how they would do it. And for me, it seems like they're going to sort of go for like one from each country goes in each. So, for example, Barrage and Eminem are both from the UK. I'd highly expect them to be in the other groups so that they've got one UK non-academy representative in each. Same with, say, Nordavind and Riddle and Singularity and Trick, all those other groups. And then we get, like, one of the ones from the countries which have one representative. Like, say we get, I don't know, uh, Ed and Dusty. And then the other group is Munster and uh, Godsent. Um, That's how I'd expect them to balance it. Um, One thing which I did want to ask then, just to make sure. Uh, So you're not playing any of the other side for it. It's just it's just it's just a single round. Yeah, playing them twice. Okay, we are in a group of six. We play ten games, and then we hopefully play against the uh, teams from the other bracket in the playoffs. Okay, because I was under the impression that the way that it could work out where it could have been quite fair is despite it being two brackets, you would play the other team once, but then that'd be pointless anyway. That, because... they, did, they did that yeah. in the ESL, if you remember. Mm. I think it was back in ESL, I want to say 2018 spring. We mm. had the two groups format. There were four teams in each group, and then you would play each team in your group twice to make six yeah. games, and then you'd play um, the other four teams in the other group, and that would make ten games. And then you'd go into a playoff format where only, I think it was only the team that finished in fourth didn't qualify. Mm. Um, and that worked okay. But I preferred the league format that we have now. I think that the UKLC format, the split, was the best one we had since like the UK Masters, which was a long time <laughs> and, it, and it's not complex. It's double round robin. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> everyone is. Like, it's all I want. <laughs> and after the tower format, you know, we were we were begging for that. And it's, it's the perfect format. But obviously with 12 teams, if you are trying to do that, that is then a season of... It's a long season. Uh, 20, yeah. 22 games, which you well. you can't do in time for... Yeah, I, I figured that was probably the main reason they've done something like this, because the UKLC especially, it's always kind of seems to happen within like the LEC split like it will start a bit later and maybe finish around the same time um, yeah. obviously because there was less teams to in it I figured now with 12 teams I, I, I presumed it was something like that they would obviously need like, a lot longer time unless you're playing like 3-4 matches a week Yeah, I think the format that Tom said where you played like every other team in the other group once would be good yeah. but it's like how, how do you broadcast that? How do you yeah. do all of those games that when they're happening like all throughout the week, like it's it's already going to be hard enough to yeah. broadcast. I don't know six games a night. I think they've got the minute if you think about it. And uh, I guess the other option could have been is maybe if you then they might have considered it. Maybe not having twelve teams in, but at the end of the day, because you're mixing you all of these to, regions together, I, you have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to have representation mm. from all of these regions, and there's so many orgs which would be 
you know, financially aggrieved from not being mm-hmm. in the top league anymore when they, you know, deserve it. Could you imagine if, say, Eminem weren't in the top league? Yeah, then, exactly. Yeah. In respect of ERL, like an org that's been long-standing for a long time. Like, uh, I think they had to be 12. Like, there's eight countries in this conglomerate. You you have to have more than eight teams, I think. Because it's gone from two countries to eight countries. I think they had to have 12. UK was a self-sufficient league by itself with eight eight different countries. So if Yeah. If, if they took two representatives and they were Fnatic XL, I think uh, the UK scene would le- legitimately just be dead, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I, think, I think there are a couple of UK orgs which will be feeling aggrieved anyway that they're no longer in the top pinnacle of their region. You can imagine orgs like Demise, who had a lot of funding, uh, Enclave, very long standing and always pumping out content. You know, they're, they're all of a sudden in Div 2 or they've been offered to go into Div 2. Um, you, you know, they, they must be distraught to lose their spots after such yeah. a long time having good backing. And all of a sudden, they're not in the top league anymore. And I think as well, though, because um, we don't really know what the strength of all these sides which are coming in, which is... Uh, the, so, for example, I, I don't know if we want to go into a little bit more about like the teams in general now who are in, but mm-hmm. um, Ents, for example, we don't know how much money they're going to pump in. And it, it could be... It could be quite a quite a well i don't know how much money they're gonna <laughs> uh, but it could be enough where it, could, it makes them like a fully competitive side and then no comment. Is, is it then fair for example well, well just in general is it fair then for have like the you could have the top four funded teams in one side as opposed to the weaker sides in the other team it doesn't just sometimes be the academy leagues despite them having more funding initially Look, I think that Ents is going to be a massive team for the league. You know, they're mm. a huge organisation and obviously they've got a lot back in and I'd assume that they're going to put in a competitive budget. The only thing that puts Ents at a detriment is that they don't have an established League of Legends division mm-hmm. and recruitment's going to be tough. Like, I'd imagine, I'm, I'm going to call it now, I think that Ents will end up with a full finish, if not maybe four out of five finished players. Like... They, it's going to be hard for them. Like they, they start behind us because you know, like for example, mm. the barrage. We we can hit the ground running the start straight straight away because we have made like no changes to our background our background at the minute. Um, but for an org like Ents, you know, they need to recruit a potential manager or League of Legends director who then has to recruit a coach. They then have to recruit players, um, and they they haven't done this before. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have a huge budget, probably. Um, but they have no League of Legends division. They have to start from scratch, and that is a huge task. So I think we will see orgs like Ents uh, in 2021 coming a lot stronger than potentially 2020. Mm-hmm. I suppose we said Tom about the um, about you know we're not going to know what the how strong the teams are, or how much money they're going to put in. I suppose that's going to be a, a bit of a tricky thing to sort out, like any kind of seeding for the first split as well. Obviously, with at this kind of level, te- teams do chop and change each split quite a lot. So unless, like, obviously, I'd say in 2021, you could just seed it based on the previous split Standards, anyway. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'd, how how do we think they could even do that right now? Or would would maybe the UK I think, teams be ordered? Or... I, I think all they can do is they have to make it so that one academy team yeah. is in each division. A hundred percent. Like you mm-hmm. cannot put both academy teams in the same league, otherwise it'll be massively unbalanced. Um, I think after that, what they will probably do is say, "Okay, we want at least like 
one representative from each country for now before they concede it. So that's why I think that it's very likely that you'll see Barrage in one group and Eminem in the uh, other. I've got a potential idea. <laughs> Dreamac, if you're listening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so take i think it is really hard to see this i'd 100 percent agree but if they don't want to do it just menially having the academy split the country split the ones that you think have this approximate budget split the other way of doing it is you hold the seeding till the rosters are locked hmm. you get the players the coaches hmm. the managers of these teams that are in it to vote for the seeding but they can't vote for themselves and it's anonymous right it's a system they use in csgo to mm-hmm. to seed tournaments um, to make sure that the tournament's seeded fairly and they're not just done independently. So, And then if anything's super far off the mark or they think something's wrong, they have a team of experts literally looking at it and seeing, do they think these match up? This way, you'd actually get almost uh, the own region voting for the seeding itself without it being biased. But I know it's hard to do. It's just yeah. a thought. It's I mean, a lot one harder at ERL level. It's a lot yeah. harder at ERL level, I think, because mm-hmm. new players creep up onto the scene all the time that you yeah. know you, you've never heard of, and then by the next split, they're being offered thousands of pounds to play. Because, uh, for example, like a good one's X Matty, where he he came on, he came into Singularity, no one had heard of him, and then you know a year later, he's on Fnatic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be very hard, though. I do like the idea. I think it's good. Yeah. It's just um, it, it it runs the risk of you know not knowing enough about players could lead lead to imbalancing. But I don't think there is a particularly right answer with how yeah. they balance it, apart from just separating the academy teams. Hmm. I think as well, like one thing which I thought, because obviously back in the this is what they did in the EULCS, I believe, is that they had uh, the top two sides and they basically chose each mm-hmm. other's groups, didn't they? Uh, so if you could do essentially do oh, that back with in the wacky group format, in the yeah, LCS, yeah, they LCS, could they could yeah. just do it where they have both academy sides and yeah. it's like. Right, Fnatic, who do you want to put in XL's group? XL, who do you want to put in Fnatic's group? And maybe possibly do that. Um, because that kind of creates... Obviously, they're not creating their own like lower teams, but they're creating the opposition's team. And they're maybe do that with the top two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, potentially. But I personally think that they'll put one academy team in each group and then try and make it so that yeah. one yeah. representative is in each group. Yeah. And then with the four countries that have one representative, just throw them into a group and see what happens mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then i think you could potentially seed it again later but mm-hmm. you know you, you can't really seed it based on orgs past records because there's some orgs that haven't got a record and you know if you go in assuming that ents are going to be a bottom seed when i think you know their budget will probably make them one of the better teams then and i think even if you look either. at um if you look at nordvind as well like if you look at nordvind of how they performed last split you well, would think like Nord, yeah. Nordavin finishing outside of the playoffs is catastrophic. Yeah, like, exactly. So they they're, had... they're definitely a stronger side than what they. It says of an organization than what they will be. I know. would say Nordavin and Torok. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but they probably had the biggest budget by a country mile. And when an org like Vipers, who was on a budget of, I'm gonna, I'm just saying, like this is what I think, but I reckon they were on nothing. <laughs> they they win it. <laughs> Um, yeah. You've got to look at yourself as Nordovin and go, well, that, that didn't work. <laughs> uh, yeah, in terms of Nordic budgets, they, they weren't big last split. No no Orc had a huge amount apart from Nordovin. Maybe way. Singularity a little bit? I, I, think, I guess you could throw Singularity into the mix, but that was an organi- that was a r- roster that joined and then was picked up, right? Because it goes through yeah. the qualification system. So it wasn't like they put this team in from scratch, did qualifies mm. and went from there. It was more of just we picked them up afterwards and funnily enough, they are one of, if not the best, and they managed to make it to EU Masters as they were titled in the qualifier. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it can be. I mean, it was a really tough split for Nordovind, of course. Um, 
I'm 100% sure they'll do better this time. It's always just the learning process with putting together well, teams and sometimes just it doesn't gonna, work, right? Like, it's just, just how take, it is. Uh, they're just going to take all the Vipers' side, and just, that's all it is. Uh, that's no, it. no, they won't. No, they won't. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> no, no university. I, I, think, I think that... Uh, I think one of the problems with potentially the Nordic countries is they will try and go very, you know, they will they will go in with national pride and they will try and pick up players from their own regions potentially, mm. um, and that can hurt them sometimes where they just tunnel in on going like full Norwegian or full Dan, not necessarily full Danish because Denmark is insane, um, but you could go full Norwegian or full Icelandic or full Finnish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could end up having rosters that are a lot weaker than what your budget could have got you. Um, one thing that I've seen with Nordavind is, uh, regardless of their budget, they have struggled for for a few years now, uh, for whatever reason. Like, in this split particularly, I think if they had another couple of weeks, they put, would have probably made EUM. Mm. But uh, they they just hit their stride a bit late. Uh, and, and that's going to be a big deal in this split is... Um, you know, there's there's so few games like ten. If you have a bad start, that could ruin you for the whole thing. And I think countries going with like the sort of national pride and picking up players from their countries and that only could lead to them not having as strong ro- as of rosters as those who don't. And you know, I you, you got to be on the side of caution with that one. I think it's about marketing yourself as well, isn't it? Because sometimes, sometimes these sides market themselves as we are the 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 Finnish organization. So we're going to represent Finland by picking Finnish players. And why that, that may not be the best in terms of like skill level of players, it might be the best in terms of getting viewership into that side because all the Finnish viewers will want to watch all the Finnish players where they might not want to see uh, no Finnish players in a Finnish side, essentially what it could be. Yeah, but if they do that and then they're all just starts losing every week, yeah. they hate it. Um, <laughs> like uh, one of the big things, like for example, was Barrage last split. Like um, in the split where we did really, really badly, I felt like the world was against us and everyone hated us. Mm. And then all of a sudden, when we we finished third and you know we pushed the academy teams for a while, you know everyone suddenly liked us. Like uh, the fans, I still had you eight. Don't worry, I still had you eight. Like, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Actually, it was seventh. It was seventh. Oh, you seventh, seventh. Yeah, I and did. You were right there. It. Yeah, I, I was looking at that just going, uh, you're just going off the back of what happened last minute. Um, 100%. I knew, I knew nothing. To be fair, we even came on, I said I knew nothing about the play, the play, any of the players which you had. Um, yeah. So I was like, I just know nothing to seventh. I was like, Kerberos is good. We'll put him up higher. Like, uh, I don't think Demise was Kerberos's fault. I'm just going to say. No, no. <laughs> Oh well, but yeah, yeah, we we came third, and obviously, like that did a huge amount for our branding. Mm. Like coming, coming the best team outside of Academy uh, was huge for Barrage, and I think it went a long way to getting them into the league. Now, mm-hmm. I think if we would have had another split where we didn't make the playoffs, I think it could have been very easily, say, like Enclave that got in or something like that. Um, but that that's the thing. Like, uh, if your team is winning. That's when you get the most support, and that's when the mm-hmm. fan base is really on your side. Because in league, they love a winner. Um, so orgs have got to ease on the side of caution of going for national pride if it's going to result in them doing worse. Because it could quite easily backfire and make your country not like you. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think uh, you, you've just got to put together a side that's going to win and get results mm-hmm. if you want to engage the fan base. Because look at look at Fnatic when they do badly, everyone hates them, and when they do well, everyone loves them. Mm-hmm. 
Fertility is a great example of the split. They were loved by they yeah. were Europe's like pet favorite in LEC for ages, and then they mix up their roster, drop your Martican, and then suddenly everyone hated them when they were tenth. So you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I think we might end up missing is is like the b- bottom teams against each other because it's always kind of well, it's, it's like more just like storylines yeah. kind of thing. Like when and they'll scrap in Telia Masters now. So, I mean, Telia Masters will be good for that. Mm. But I, I, I see what you mean. Like, uh, I miss, like, seeing, you know, the monkey fights between, say, Phelan and Enclave this split. Um, but um, I think the quality of the league should be really good anyway, yeah. where mm. it's going to be very, very close. And the game should be of a high quality, regardless of whether it's sixth against first, because these are going to be the top players in the region yeah. of a highly talented region. Um but, you know, we don't get to see sixth against sixth from the other groups, so we can never see who truly is the worst team in the league. <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously, we don't know how the group seeding is going to affect. Like, could a team that finishes in sixth could have finished potentially third fourth. in the other group yeah. or fourth mm-hmm. and it made the playoffs? And I think that there will be a lot of people that at, at the end come out and say, look, uh, if we were in the other group, it was a weaker group. We could have definitely finished fourth, and now we're in the relegations, and that's that's bad seeding. And I oh. think that's gonna be a big issue. But it's one uh, of those where you need to finish. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hope not. <laughs> you need to finish. You need to finish sixth though for it to actually really matter. So to be fair, like if yeah. you're if you're finishing bottom, then it doesn't matter if the other group is kind of a little bit stronger. It won't be probably to the same strength where it's gonna. Like, if, like, so it's, for example, a team can't complain if they finish fifth. Yeah, maybe they didn't make playoffs, but they're still in the league for next season, so they can go again. But if a team finished sixth and then blames bad seeding, at the end of the day, you should be sixth. Like, well, let's should... say we use the hypothetical modeling Ross, uh, sort of Ross, uh, way they're going to see teams in the beginning, right? So you split mm-hmm. an attic BT, and let's say they take the two Norwegians, and then on this theoretical A side, right, you've go. Uh, Nordavind, who put in a mass budget, then you get Ents, then you get Godsent, and then you get Dusty, or Eminem. Suddenly you really feel like, well, now you've got Ents, Nordavind, Fnatic, uh, Godsent, all four with massive massive budgets. Mm. Let's be real, compared to the rest of the teams, compared to that group on the other side, if they theoretically do it that way, I'm sure they'll take budget into account. They they, they have to have something. I don't think they necessarily will. How can they know what the budgets are? I mean, they had to do an application process, so <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that would have to come forward. But uh... I mean, my my concern would be that <laughs> if you end up being Barrage versus the three CSGO org slash football teams and the academy, you are you are up against it to a certain extent. That being said, the tangle mm. is so big, I think it's hard to make a bad roster. So yeah. regardless of what your budget is, you can probably still compete for anywhere outside of six. There is that small concern on seeding where it could literally be a group of death and a... Oh, on paper and maybe not so much. I think you deserve to be relegated if you finish. If you lose to the relegated side, you deserve to get relegated. Because like, you could complain all you want about seeding, but then if you Agreed. get relegated after that, then it's like, well, then you're clearly not good enough. Depends on circumstances sometimes. But mm. um, yeah, conventionally, if you've done the worst, then you deserve to be in a promotion relegation tournament. Um, yeah. I think one of the big things this split is going to be the quality of the coaching staff. I think, like Tarok said, it's going to be very difficult to make a bad roster with how much talent there is available in the region and how close it'll be. Um, I don't necessarily believe in big budgets equals, you know, you're going to finish higher in the league because we saw the split, like Demise had a massive budget and finished bottom two. And mm-hmm. Barrage conventionally has one of the smaller budgets in the league and Vision, you know, both clubs that were in relegation the season before. 
and then all of a sudden they come, uh, you know, in the playoffs. Um, it, it all depends on the staff, I think. If you have a good League of Legends division uh, and people who know what they're doing and have connections to build a roster and get more stuff in, then you have coaching staff that knows what they're doing. That that can make a huge difference. How your team grows throughout the split will define where you finish. And that, that's going to be defined by the coaching staff. So that's going to be more important than anything is having a good coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at rosters, a roster never performs exactly as you see on paper. So, mm-hmm. like, there's there's so many so many variables uh, even before the season starts, especially off season. If you if mm-hmm. as uh, Freebie sort of said there, if you have a good database put together, you're trialing before every other team. You're making sure you're getting the pick of the litter just because you're in there fast and you know who you want. Sometimes it's enough, and uh, really, you, there there will always be that that question mark factor. So the only reason I brought up the seeding point is that it would be like the most obvious complaint but i still agree that if you come sixth you deserve sixth mm-hmm. how it goes but um unless you know yeah. you constantly have internet problems and you're top lane yeah. dcs every game and you <laughs> then you can feel a little then, bit then that'd be a bit hard done by yeah <laughs> but yeah for the most part um yeah i mean the bigger budget doesn't definitely not mean better players because it actually as a side note the higher up players get the more inflated their prices so you mm. may end up spending yeah. a lot more for just this much you know you may be spending i don't know whatever figure just for one percent more in reality so Co- you can definitely do it right coaching staff and the league of legends division of the team like uh the staff like managers directors they're going to be what defines this split i think uh your recruitment staff and uh the ability to grow your players is going to make the difference if you have a bad coach on a lineup which looks like they have a bunch of superstars on it Forget it. Like you, you are going to finish outside of where you expected. I mean, we we've seen it. We saw we saw it on both both the uh, the UK and Nordic. The split that the the rosters with the biggest budgets. I, I'm disregarding Fnatic and XL because their resources mm-hmm. and facilities are infinitely better than everyone else's. But you know, for the orgs outside academy, like uh, everyone predicted that Envision was going to be the academy killers and potentially go to the UM. It didn't. But Demise had a massive budget, didn't make it. Um, Enclave had a lot of sponsors that they could have invested more into a better roster and it didn't work out there. And Nordwind is the big one on the Nordic side where they had the biggest budget in the league and didn't make the playoffs. Um, it, it all comes down to your division this split, I think, purely because there's that much talent to choose from. Mm-hmm. I think um, now is probably a good time. Uh, is, we are a few days away from EU Masters and we had um, we had planned to do like an E Masters episode. That was until yep. the NLC announcement happened. Of course, we had <laughs> to talk about that. Um, so I think before we finish up on this one, we'll touch on it a little bit just to at least um, kind of preview the groups that Fnatic and Excel are in a little bit. Um, yeah, like I say, just before we finish the episode, um, touch on Excel's group first. How big has the um, has the the fact that they finished second in the end and they've obviously gone in not as a first seed. Um, mm. I think that, do you think that's going to hurt them a lot? They've, I think they've uh, got. You'd have to say they've got a stronger group in general, mainly because they've got, um, they've got teams from the other big leagues as well. Uh, really. I the think it's pretty hard, isn't it? Yeah, I think Fnatic is very <laughs> hard as well. I think Fnatic group is harder than BTXLs, yeah. um, and I think that XL bottled the final big time, mm. and we're still probably the best team overall from the UK. Um, they've got 
YDN from Italy, who they shouldn't have a problem with, but you know, it's best of one, anything can happen. Uh, Gamers Legion will be a bit of a tougher test, but I'd still say XL should be winning that. Gamers Origin, big team. That's where they're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. But if BT don't make top two, then something's gone horribly wrong. I think the only team that will threaten that is probably Gamers Legion, but I still expect Gamers Legion and YDN to to not make top two. But if, if XL don't make it, that would, something's gone horrific. It's the Kianan redemption. That's that's what's going to be. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in but the but who knows? Who knows Kianan best? You got to say that Kasing knows Kianan better than anyone else. Um, yeah, I mean, just had to scramble to find the groups now, and I think the seeding hasn't mattered particularly for either team. Honestly, I think they just got lucky in the roles, avoided some of the far tougher groups. Honestly. Uh, I scrimmed against Asuba and Energy Wizards quite a lot uh, on Barrage, and, but you know we we took a lot of games off them. Um, but Asuba surprised me because I didn't tip them to get through the play-ins. Yet in the play-ins they looked really good, like a lot better than when we scrimmed them. But Energy Wizards are actually a very mm. good team. They are a very good team. Um, Obviously, Mouse are in there as well, which is yeah. Just... I think Mouse are probably one of the strongest teams in the <laughs> yeah. in the URL, in my opinion. Yeah, really. yeah. Mouse, Mouse. We scrimmed them. I think we scrimmed them once, and we got floored. Um, they are <laughs> they are very very good. Um, I I think I could see Fnatic finishing second, but I don't think it's as clear cut for them to get out the group. But you you look at some of the players they've got, and they always seem to make it to the top three four. And at the back end of the split, Fnatic really came into their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they're still in the form they were when they were in the final and the playoffs, um, I'd see them probably coming second in the group and getting out. How it far... would be disappointing if both of them didn't make it. I think, honestly, yeah. I think um... it would be very unlucky if a UK representative didn't make it to. Is it the quarterfinals? It'd be. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it. I think it would be very hard done by if they didn't. But I don't see it. I think that we'll at least get one of them through, if not both through. But Fnatic, for me, definitely have a tougher group, which is a bit mm. a bit mad when they were the highest seed. Mm. I say definitely tougher to win the group as well, because obviously Mouse. I, I think yeah. Mouse are probably the, I'd imagine yeah. the favourites. On paper, at least, they've probably got the strongest team, I would have thought, out of any side. I'm, I'm just looking you at Group B, though. Of, like, Group B the is something else. Uh, I don't know if they're the favourites mm. in the league. Well, I know uh, they, like didn't, they didn't win the Prime League, though, did they? Shit. Uh, Schalke, won. Schalke were very, very good, and Schalke made a lot of changes because obviously, like Gilius was swapped out for uh, Lorox, yeah, oh. and um, you know, Inax was swapped in. I think the Neon's their AD carry now, mm-hmm. and he's very, very good. Although he, he is just back off a of ban, so uh, I'd be looking at teams like I think Giants are very, very good. I think Movie Star Riders are good. I think BTXL could go all the way if they play like they did in the regular season. Um, like I think XL are up there is one of the better teams. Gamers Origin are scary. Um, there's there's no there's a selection teams. of strong teams because of the way they've rewrite EU Masters to have the playing stage they cut out a lot of the mm-hmm. what teams that used to be free wins. So when you now look at this, I mean, looking at all the groups now going through, you think yes, this team's weaker, but they're not incompetent, right? Like so yeah. you, you yeah. see you see YDN gamers in that group, and you think well, yes, they're clearly a weaker side compared to Game Legion, Games Origin, BTXL, but they're not a team that's just going to keel over and die 0-6 without any form of fight, right? The same with Diffuse Kids, who I think are a very strong side, actually, in Group B. 
And I mean, and as you said, NG Pot Wizards are also a really strong team. So there's no like easy group. And mm -hmm. honestly, with all these teams put together, there should be no weak, uh, should be no weak team or group really. Yeah, uh, I think the reformatting of the play-ins and the seeding that went into the split uh, was massive in terms of making a stronger main event. Mm -hmm. like, this is the strongest main event we have ever seen. I mean, you don't even see Mad Lions, Madrid there, or anything. Because like, there's there's so much cutting that just went on through the yeah, play. I'm not going to lie, Tarok. I think that you derailing Mad Lions so they finished <laughs> the second seed coming out of that group. Yeah. Killed their EU Masters run, so you can take that mantle. Uh, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah. The One thing I wondered, the um, the other countries that are in the uh, the NCL now, I don't... Did, did any of them have EU Masters spots before? I couldn't tell that they did. Uh, the uh, yeah, Nordic. Nordics, yeah. Okay, so yeah, because Singularity and Nordic, and they're in the mm -hmm. main event. They got they got one spot straight into groups and one into the players. Ah, right. and their players representative was Vipers, who had okay. a rough day one, didn't they? They had a really bad day one, and that cost mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Do we know how that's going to change then with the NCL? Is it with the NCL get like four spots? Uh, do you think, or... It, it come, we won't know until they've said what they want to do with the UM, and obviously they won't decide what they want to do with the UM until the current one's finished. Yeah. Um, you'd imagine, you'd you'd hope to imagine that the standing of the uh, league would go up as a result of the conglomeration. Mm -hmm. Um, so you'd hope to see like I don't know an extra playing spot thrown in, so yeah. two I, I, two groups I would in a playing. Yeah, like the German league. I think the Spanish league as well also has two and one. Yeah. Yeah, because um, they're. Them and Germany do because they're classed as a tier mm -hmm. one region, whereas the UK yeah. is classed as tier two out of four. And that means obviously the slot is then going to be opened up because mm -hmm. you've previously mm -hmm. had four, you now go for three. So I guess that'd be, maybe goals. just France would get an extra one or, and just make. Uh, actually, yeah. that, that'll be some reshuffling. They would, they would probably make well. like four tier one regions or something and say, mm -hmm. oh, France gets an extra playing spot then. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they will figure it out. Um, but it depends. Like, it all comes down to if they want to run the same format. Um, I'm, and I'm like that after the current EUM. Mm -hmm. Pretty confident it won't just be two slots when you've binded these two regions together. It would be it would be criminal for a league with these many organisations to just have two group yeah. spots <laughs> um, with, when they have twelve really good teams in there. Um, I think I, I'd put my money on it if it was stay in the same format that we'd get two group spots and a playing spot. But we don't know until they've told us, and they've just told us that it's not going to be decided until this EUM is finished. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, otherwise a... it'd just be BT and Fnatic again, wouldn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no. As a as a whole, um, just to take it back to the uh, the yeah, uh, the end. Is it NLC? NLC. 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 I keep, I keep the, Northern, thinking... the Northern League Championship. So to take it back to the NLC, do you think that as a whole, then uh, we've looked at it from uh, overall back, you know, with the teams? Do you think that this will help? the academy teams as well and uh, because to be fair if we actually go through what they've done in eu masters um we've not we've not been the worst side to be fair like we, i feel like we've, we've always had the opportunity to have done better but um i believe were fanatic made it to a semis at one point in one eu masters i think yeah, it they, was. well i think they came third fourth twice didn't they, I think they um yes twice. yes they did so yeah. it's like will this actually improve uh the seat uh the the potential eu masters for potentially seeing maybe like a uk organization or uh, an nco i'll tell you what it will do with the quality of the league increasing it will mean that the players don't have weeks where they just smash their opponent mm -hmm. yeah so it'll keep the competitiveness 
going, which should make them better players as a result. You know, like every week is going to be a struggle for a win. There's no free wins in this division. The, I don't the, think. the issue with the UKLC for academy teams, especially, is yes. I mean, I I don't wholly believe that um, league is the main source of practice they get. Right, they'll get more from mm-hmm. being in a tier one scrim group playing against the other academies, playing against all these really strong teams. But if they actually want to be kept on their toes for the majority of the split, at least they don't want to have a week where their least competitive game of the week is their actual official game right yeah. like it, the concern was i'd say for majority of the weeks in the uklc they'd come into their their one game which is supposed to be really like hyped up as sort of like <laughs> oh well compared to our scrims against shulker mad lions all these big teams mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's, oh it's blank oh it's blank you know they're not bothered so much and that probably affects some way in terms of their mentality and also the way they can practice so i mean it yeah. should be better that they now are like oh it's north of we might need to practice i mean mm-hmm. for example right so yeah could, it's you, nice. could you imagine if you were i don't know btxl going in against enclave that week do you think you're really going to be trying in scrims when you know <laughs> that was a, one of my most hyped matchups <laughs> that was one of the most hyped matchups though because <laughs> one was undefeated and one hadn't won i was like this this is this is written in the stars like that was that was in terms of like um, you go back to like storylines you could have had that was i loved that i loved going home for that i didn't predict them though because that was never gonna happen yeah i, d- I don't know um i think it, i think it should help the you know the representatives coming out should mm-hmm. be in better shape than they are now but hmm. there's there's such a big gap like when did the uklc finish like have fanatic and xl taken breaks between because because no there was no uk team in the play-ins so we yeah. we as a country have just sort of been waiting Chilling. for um for the main main stage to be getting in that, you know you know the uh the finals were at the back end of march and it's been about three weeks since yeah. we've seen these teams play um you know how will not playing competitive for that long affect them um i, guess I know the Fnatic only... had they had one week off before going back to scrims i don't know if so they are still, they'll be yeah. back for a couple of weeks at least still, but I'm not sure about Excel. Yeah, another thing is, how much time does it give you to prep for the NLC? Because I, I would be bricking it if... Because um, I know the lock-in date, and I know that it's a lot sooner than the league starts for rosters. Um, if I was in EU Masters now, it would give me very little time to prepare a new roster that, you know, I might have potentially needed a new roster to play in the nlc mm-hmm. you know I, I i've already started building for the new season um if i was in eu masters now i'd be you know praying that the team was going to stick together otherwise i'd be in a bit of hot hot bother if um if i was having to go in without being able to trial new players like if xl and fanatic want to keep hold of their players then i hope that they're staying for the next split but if they want to make changes then they've got very little time to do any tryouts with new players. For the new Rip league. team singularity, then essentially. <laughs> like yeah, singularity better be hoping that they've got one-year deals on their players, or Ooh. at least something agreed for the new split. Because if their players are planning on leaving and they need to replace them, uh, they're going to be very hard pressed for time to put something together. Well, you said that the roster lock-in is quite early. Then, do you know if it's a lot earlier than other ERLs? Could that maybe even make it harder? Uh, like for top teams that are all in EU Masters at the moment, they might have a, f- a few weeks after to sort it out. Could that could that uh, hurt the league at all? Do you think? I'd imagine it's probably in line with um, you know Spain, France, Germany. Like it's probably a similar time because I think that's what Riot likes is to mm-hmm. keep it mm-hmm. you know consistent. We're not but doing like a Premier to... League 
stop it before the season and then realise that no one else is going to follow it and <laughs> screwed ourselves. The, the, for example, the UKLC, the lock-in was like a week before the game started and that, that gave us oh, loads wow. of time to build the roster. Yeah, th- this was because there was no media day this time, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was very easy to do. Um, but they've told us that the roster lock is going to be you know, a few weeks before the league starts now and if you're, if you're an EU Masters and you come out of it quite late, you know, if you want to do a roster rebuild, you're already hard pressed against it. Like, um, mm. for example, Barrage have already been looking at players for next split because uh, I think it's it doesn't come as a surprise that we're going to need to make changes um, because with coronavirus, we're not going to be able to bring back Flez or Sybil, are we? Which is mm. so we've already started the rebuilding process now. If you're an EU Masters and you want to make changes, you know, you're already weeks behind because you've not been able to do anything. Not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I think like the the um, the spring to summer off season, which we're in now, yeah. um, where it's only like April and May where there's no league, and then in June you're back in. Um, it's a very fast paced off season, especially if you want to do a complete overall to a roster. Um, the summer to spring off season is four or five months of being able to just take it take it in your stride and rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very fast-paced off-season. Having EU Masters in the middle of it makes it difficult if you want to make changes. So you, you better hope that you're happy with your roster and you can keep them all on. Otherwise, you're going to struggle to rebuild for the next and split. As a, as a final question, I'm guessing, because they haven't announced it, I'm guessing that Forge of Champions is gone now. Like, that's it. Now that's not a thing. So they're not doing, like, a, a cup-style... Because um, I, I liked Forge of Champions, because uh, that was actually a, a kind of cup style tournament, which I actually quite enjoy. Yeah, we I think we at Barrage were like one of the only ones who took it seriously. Um, mm. we, <laughs> I, I really, I really like Forge. I know a lot of other rogues didn't like Forge, saw it as a waste of time and needless contract extension. But you know, it was a nice cup and it did give a prize ball, so I, I didn't see why not. I kind of saw it as like the FA Cup because yeah. you had teams mm-hmm. from lower leagues coming in. I thought trying to stick a claim. What I would like to see is is Forge of Champions carry on and then just put all yeah like all of the UK based teams so like any UK teams in the uh, in the NLC and then any in the UKLC and put them all into a cup. So it is a bit yeah. more like a a bit more of a special thing instead of maybe I can understand before it's the same teams just playing again, maybe with a couple of extras. Maybe that's I'd, why it's not. I'd love seriously. to see that. I'd love to see that as something in the winter. I don't think mm. we'll be able to see it in the same stance mm-hmm. as usual because. Obviously, Telia Masters is going to be a thing, yeah. and that will yeah. sit in the slot that Forge would have. And then you've got EU Masters and Worlds will be on. Uh, like, when when do you run it? I think if you were going to run a couple like that, it'd be great to have it in the winter where there was no like playing for uh, EU Masters. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the only the only problem is uh, for orgs, they'd have to contract players, and that might not necessarily be money that they are willing to invest in a in a competition which doesn't have anything to play for. Uh, well, could it not do like the FA Cup does, where it kind of goes in entwining with the season? That's rough. Yes, but then yeah, that's, I a guess, lot, yeah. that's a lot of games. Yeah. You know, like, um, especially it's, especially yeah. when the league's part-time. Mm. For a lot From of a people. coaching perspective, I'd struggle to ask people who work full-time jobs or, I mean, mm-hmm. always in full-time yeah. education to, to come and play a, a, a significant amount of games scrims and then also your actual games and give them 100 percent because people mm. do get burnt out and i would the, think you'd be running a risk there honestly the only way it'd work is if you extended the split so that some weeks were cup weeks but i don't <laughs> think you could do that in the split format 
uh, I'm actually kind of against the split format. I think we should just have a one-year-long competition because I, I think that it would make more sense. And then you could do stuff like cups mm-hmm. uh, on the side and you could have cup weeks or have like mm. two games a week when one of them is the league and one of them is the cup. But at the minute, if you threw in a cup, you'd be playing two games a week. If we're going off the UKLC format, yeah. you'd be playing two games a week and then a cup match. And these players have got, you know, school jobs, some of them. You know, that I think it was every org was part-time apart from the academy teams in the UKLC. And you uh, couldn't do it over two splits as well because of contracts and stuff like that. Well, like you said, yeah, where if contracts... it was a one-season thing, then it could have potentially worked. Yeah, so. the standard at the minute is that contracts, for unless they're a year long, they last about three or four months because they mm-hmm. go from the start of the split to the end of the split. And then they're free agents. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to run a cup you would have to tell orgs you need to contract your players for an extra month and the orgs might turn around and go, well, we, we simply can't afford that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obviously derails that idea unless they are paying players less and then players might not be happy and it lowers the quality of the region because you're paying for worse players because you can't afford better to mm-hmm. play in Forge. And that was a that was a little bit of a problem with the Forge format originally, though I didn't mind. It wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, I think if you wanted to see Cups come in, then splits have to be thrown away and a season has to be brought mm-hmm. in. It's just like you start in September or you start in January and you go all the way until, you know, September and then it's the off season. But at the minute, the the climate of esports doesn't really allow for every mm-hmm. one-year deals. Potentially like an optional cup orgs to join over Europe before E-Masters, but it still seems rough. So they used it, use it almost as an extra practice day so you're playing against the top team in a competitive environment rather than something where it's just regional based and you'll be playing against the same teams anyway would be a better fit if you still wanted to see cup competition mm. but then that would detract from EU masters and it, you'd I mean, no one had watched the ERL no they just wait for no they wanted to European yeah. cup yeah. you'd watch more specifically the Fnatic versus Mouse game that would happen before UM so I think it's really hard to fit in a comp Composition, mm. honestly. That's the only other take I could see on it, and even then, it's yeah. a struggle. Yeah, I'm going to miss Forge, but I think Telia Masters will be an entertaining competition. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like last split, Forge caused a lot of problems for us. Um, not last split, uh, like this time last year, um, mm-hmm. because Forge happened after E Masters in May, and then you had to get a new roster ready for June, and it was like we're already short on time between the spring and summer splits anyway. It was insanity. And now you you want us to sign <laughs> you, you want us to sign our roster until May so they can play in another competition and then we have to completely revamp it because they're all out of contract after that and you want oh, that and done by June. Yeah, you want that done uh, if you before the league kicks off, yeah. Oh, wow. that, that was what like originally what L V P were planning on doing, and I think I can probably talk about this now, is they were gonna make it so that Forger Champions only happened once a year. Yes, they, um, they, they announced were... that, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. their plans were. Okay, so they were going to have like a, a promotion relegation tournament after EU Masters, uh, and that was going to be it, just a promo relegation tournament, um, not the full-fledged EU Masters. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to have EU Masters uh, in like September or just after EUM summer, um, and that was the only time they were going to run it. But after DreamHack came in, because it was such a, a quick deal, a quick change of hands because LVP... We're essentially out the door and DreamHack were brought in. Mm. Um, they they kind of just put Forger Champions on hold. And then when the new conglomerate league, the NLC, got you know traction and was decided that was what they were going to go with, 
Uh, I think that essentially killed Forge, at least for yeah. now. Um, but Tellier Masters will be, I think, a, a very high-quality competition. But I, I like what you said, Tom. I think that if we had a competition where it's like the UKLC teams, maybe even some third division UKEL teams thrown into like a big UK competition, like a cup, the the UKLC cup or whatever, or Forge Champions. Everyone would be interested. Um, yeah. I, I'd love to watch it. It's just um, how how is that viable for the organisations to do at the minute? Yeah. It would, until yeah. we see more orgs going full-time in the UK and able to uh, offer players extended contracts to cover a cup. Uh, it's not going to be viable. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of going a bit off, off topic of, of the UK league. Even if like, even like an LEC one with like if maybe like all the EU Masters main main event teams, if there was a cup with them and the LEC teams, just like anything to yeah. Just be interesting I'm to see so surprised teams like that that's not levels. happened. Yeah. Oh, why why not just take say oh the top two from EU Masters and throw them into some sort of cup that takes the third world spot or something. Yeah, uh, that was because the third world spot is always like one where it just kind of gets given to a team. Yeah, for or me. like even if like the EU Masters winners got in, because isn't there usually like a regional? Um, I forget the name of it, but like a mini. I don't think. Yeah, the, they, the they used to run a they used to run a wild card tournament, right? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'm guessing. At. Yeah. yeah, so you're saying you could throw the EOM top seed in there? I mean, I don't it doesn't exist anymore, happen. right? Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think it could happen. Yeah. Uh, you because could slam them in as a thing in the qualifier fairly why what the lec is supposed to be the most prestigious event in europe if you say to the lec orgs oh there's going to be like two spots for worlds from the lec and then one from EU masters they're going to be like why the hell am i investing all this money in the lec when i could literally just go into eu masters get the best eu masters players or even offer lec players and just say right sod off the lec we're going for worlds (laughs) Yeah. Get on the EU Masters hype trade. That just won't work. Mm. Um, I think if you did it as though um, two spots from the LEC goes to the world's main stage, and then there's like the European Cup or whatever, where you have LEC teams, and then you say take like, I don't know, two teams, the top two teams from EU Masters, and put them into a competition for the playing spot, that's more viable because then the Mm -hmm. LEC teams are automatically in it. And these two EU Masters teams are just like the the ringer teams that have come into it and probably aren't going to make it because the LEC teams are going to be a lot better because they can offer a lot more. I guess so. The problem with that, though, is because every LEC team has an academy side, then it comes into, I don't know, like kind of integrity. Oh, they have two teams. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, that's that's a very good point. I don't know if they could allow an academy team to be in it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Welcome to Worlds. We have Shakra Academy, not Shakra. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? I think at that, that point, if Shakra Academy, could... yeah. <laughs> oh. no, um... I, I think I think the best thing is just like EU Masters winner goes into you know like the the World's uh, Gauntlet, which they they I don't the know if they still have it, but for the third, kind of yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't place. think you, you, can't, the first you one. can't do that. No, you can't do that because mm. that would be a big middle finger to all of the LEC teams. Yeah, so you paid like, like I literally just by the said, you're paying loads of money when you could just go into EU Masters and go for the last spot. Like that, that just would no. not work. No, but in terms of like they they are like at the bottom of the gauntlet. Doesn't so, matter. Oh matter. yeah, I guess it's still yeah. Because you're it's cutting still, out like you're just icing. It's still the most teams. prestigious, yeah. and it's the most prestigious event in the world. And you're denying the teams that are paying <laughs> loads of money for their franchise spot, but you're letting in I don't know LDLC from France who didn't even bother trying to get into the LEC as far as I know, and they're now 
paying much less than St. Romy's <laughs> for their roster, but they're at Worlds, by the way. No, that 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 just yeah. is not. It'd be a massive middle finger to all of the LEC Yolks. <laughs> if if the I, wildcard I mean, system still existed, you could maybe yeah, that would have been the best way. You, you could maybe justify putting the, giving uh, them. Not there, the wildcard system kind of does exist, doesn't it? Because uh, no. the wildcard system. Well, no, while wildcard teams were still from the regions that go into play-ins now, like you still had a Russian mm. team in the wildcard from CIS, and yeah. you still had a Vietnamese team in it. But it was uh, a full tournament to qualify through, right? Yeah, the it wildcard. Was... Yeah, but I think that what they did was essentially made the playing system a better mm. version of the wildcard tournament, and that's what the playing system is. Mm. It's the wildcard tournament, but better with a couple yeah. more teams from the major regions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, imagine if you. Imagine if you threw Mouse Esports into that and then Rogan uh, Misfits just <laughs> kick off. Yeah. Like, you you just see teams saying, no, we're not going into the LEC, we're going yeah. into French League and we're just going to spend the most money in Europe possible and gun for the world spot. Because Worlds mm-hmm. is still the pinnacle of League of Legends mm-hmm. and it'll get much more viewership than yeah. anything else. Like it's, it, It'd just be madness. I think if you did it so that they can go into a competition with the LEC teams for a last world spot. That wouldn't be as bad. So if you kept the playing spot and said like, uh, it's going to be the, I don't know, the, what would it be? The eight LEC teams that haven't qualified plus eight, mm-hmm. te- eight, eight teams who qualified for the quarterfinals of EUM. And then you played off for the last spot, then maybe. But, you know, that would be a good it's way to... That would be a good way to sort out... Because... The franchise model stops promotion relegation from EU Masters to the LEC. That'd mm-hmm. be a good compromise, but I don't know if they would have time to do that, or they probably don't want to do that either. Because at, at the end of the day, they'll, they'll be annoyed. Yeah, their LEC, the LEC is like, well, along with all the franchise leagues, is like they're the ones which they need to cater to, really. With the with the yeah, they uh, they have paid partners. into this. Yeah. And they are invested a lot of money. You you mm-hmm. need to cater to those orgs more because of that and that alone. But moral of the story, we're going to miss Forge of Champions. <laughs> yeah. Um, R.I.P. Forge. Telia yeah. Masters is now our overlord. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And I think, um, I think with that, it's probably a good place to end the episode. Is there any, any final thoughts anyone had on NLC? Anything we haven't covered? Um, uh, please support Barrage in the NLC. Thanks. <laughs> there we go. Um, Okay then, that'll uh, wrap it up. I do want to, oh, sorry, I do want to just briefly talk about uh, Munster. Um, oh, right, okay. Because it is a bit of an odd one. Uh, yeah. I, I quite, so I love it when a sports team kind of just, um, and it, it is controversial when a sports team kind of just takes a spot and kind of rebrands it as like, uh, obviously Nordvin has football roots, but Munster Rugby Union has basically said that, right, this is going to be our kind of, you know, our, our kind of, uh, branding and they've not not branded to anything different. They know exactly it's same with like when PSG did it um, and, and vice versa. Uh, I know that obviously a lot of people have like different opinions on if it's if it's good or if it's bad. I personally think it's good because I think it's quite nice to see a um, a different sport and not football actually go into it and commit to kind of go into this league. And I think that while um, while they're not like in terms of popularity, like a big, you know, as big as a football size. So they are like a, a European, two-time European champions in rugby union. So it's not like they're a small side in terms of the rugby union sector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I quite I quite enjoy it, and I, I think it's going to be quite fun, and it'd be interesting to see what how they do it. But essentially, it is feeling game and being run by. Them, I think it? that feeling can count themselves very very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a deal that only they could have pulled off um, to get an Irish rugby team on side is massive for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you know. I'm not going to lie. I think that Phelan in the UKLC did not do enough for the UKLC. And I'm hoping that, you know, in, in the NLC, I was I was very surprised that Phelan was selected. And when I found out it was Munster, like it made sense, like they mm-hmm. get Irish representation, massive sports group. But I think that uh, Phelan for me did not, did not do enough in the UKLC as an organization. Um, they put out hardly any content and they consistently just, I mean, I think they can count themselves lucky that they got in and it's off the back of this monster deal. And I'm just hoping that with all this money and new opportunity for them, that they actually pull their fingers out a bit more for the NLC. Um, I'd, I'd love to see it. It's good to have Irish representation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that we would have got Irish representation in the NLC without this deal. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a bit more now that they are under the monster rugby banner. More yeah. Specifically on Munster getting involved, I'm all for Munster being involved with Phelan. I think it's a good thing, uh, especially I'd assume some level of cash injection uh, for the Irish scene as well. Plus the NLC, it can always be a good thing. I I don't like the fact that they just came in and became Munster Rugby Esport. I mean, maybe that's just a, a my thing, but the way they literally took their normal logo and just slammed <laughs> esports underneath it, I, it felt like they maybe didn't do as much research as they hmm. should have done space because i love the way nordic brand them, mm-hmm. branded themselves they came in and said we're going to be a nordic esports organization despite being sponsored by this football club and this felt a bit more blatant maybe a bit uh i don't know it just doesn't feel like it fits the esports branding side of things to just be paris saint germain i didn't even like that particularly right like i think it's consistent i want teams to come in and say we've done our research we think this is a brand that's going to stick and we're going to sponsor that rather than it being just an abject takeover with esports slammed under our logo but i mean it, at the end of the day it's still a very good thing overall I, or at least it should be a good thing overall for the nlc and irish uk to be honest i don't know why they didn't just go it alone why did they need to adopt feeling <laughs> why couldn't they have just gone oh we'll submit an application for it i'm sure they probably could have gone maybe in. maybe they because like maybe it, it is the fact that this is the first time that they've gone in that they kind of wanted kind of like an esports organization and kind at least at least kind of some infrastructure to come with it as well and not just a, a go out alone because I can imagine that a lot of the feeling guys especially did like a lot of the um uh, in terms of pitching it to the uh, the NLC you know and stuff sure. like that. but I mean if you take a look at the Dutch league that was created in January they did the whole re- revamp mm-hmm. of the Benelux. I mean they brought in multiple football teams some of them yeah. came in and slammed their logo in and said esports so PSV KV Michel yeah. sorry yeah I wasn't, again, that big of a fan. I think PSV did a very good job, and I'm glad that they're invested, but I don't think they did as much as they could. Whereas, um, actually, I'd say that they did as much as they could, whereas Team Thrill that came in, came in with a Twitter account that had zero followers, zero anything, and they were sponsored by a football club. The football club had done their research. They picked the brand that they wanted to create, and they, they built it all up from scratch. And I was a huge fan of how they went about it. And it just, I felt like it really showed that in this Belgium league that, that was being watched is just like they had a brand that resonated with the esports space. Whereas these ones like PSV, it felt like they just come in and grabbed it. Right. Mm. PSV just came in and grabbed it. Whereas um, I'm not even sure what football clubs behind team throw. I mean, I'm not super, uh, I'm not, I'm not so deep inside the Belgium, 
Dolphins from <laughs> Netherlands teams, but I know enough, right, that they are powered by a football club. Football club is getting exposure via the website, via the Twitter account, but it is being run as an independent esports. This is branded for the esports space, right? And I really was a big fan of that rather than just the abject takeover. Mm. It, think... At the end of the day, it's still a good thing. I worry about the org that they've adopted a bit more than anything because mm-hmm. for me, like I said, I don't think Phelan did enough in the UKLC. You know, uh, they could have they could have promoted themselves a lot more. I barely saw any graphics. They didn't do any media coverage last season. Uh, even when they did media days in the past, barely saw anything come out of them. Um, not a huge following. Um, but I, why not I just, just hope take... to see more. Why not just take Phelan and power that brand up massively? You know, because I don't think that's sellable. Um, personally, I think or that if, slightly, you know, I, I think, think if, if I you're, Phelan, I'd want to rebrand. Yeah, yeah, I think if you're if you're an Irish representative though, and you see Munster Rugby, like a lot of people in Ireland will know will know yeah, that brand. They will get right behind yeah. them. Straight but then away. you saw like Samsung White, right? It was at least targeted towards esports space with the shield and the proper esports. You know? mm. So why not do Munster Rugby and make it an actual proper esports oh, target to take like, out change, the change the logo and just yeah. call it like monster esports or something mm. well, yeah do what you want but just yeah, make but... it make it actually in the esports space rather than just we're a rugby team and we're slamming esports underneath it it doesn't seem right to me i don't know i'll it's, give them the benefit of the doubt and say time restrictions because it was literally yeah. spring to summer and that is yeah. what i'll give them like it, it, it was probably mm-hmm. they probably didn't have the time to just get a new graphic together and think about all this stuff i think yes. it was very like i think the application was submitted very late in the day where they said that oh we're gonna we're gonna be monster um and and that is the benefit of the doubt i'll give them on that one it's yeah and i think it's still i think it still also talks about how you represent yourself during that so that could be a gl- gl- glaring issue but i look at Schalke for example like for me Schalke, it's the exact same logo from what the football club is, but I see no problem with Schalke represented and the way that Schalke... What Schalke have actually done is Schalke have integrated the football side with the League of Legends side as well. Um, And so that actually works because that is a whole brand. Like, you actually look at Schalke and it's not just Schalke football, it's Schalke esports together. That's because Schalke have the experience, they have Mm -hmm. a handle. They've got yeah. all these other teams in Germany, which they operate, invest in. Schalke is Mr. Germany in loads of different sports. Mm-hmm. So I'm more than happy if Munster want to try and do that with Ireland and esports and do whatever, right? Go ahead, by all means. But I just it needs to be done properly. I yes, think it's, yeah. it's, it's it's a really good foot forward. I just think there are other things they can do to make this mm-hmm. a lot more successful than it than it than it is right now. Um, just looking at it visually and and sort of what's actually changed with feeling to Munster. As far as I'm concerned, not much on the surface. I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of things behind the scenes, and hopefully, I, I actually I'm sure they'll do a good job. But it just has to be, it has to be executed on because they've been thrown this fantastic opportunity. I'm sure they did fantastic work to get this opportunity. Really happy for it, but I want it to be proper. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want it just to be a label slapped on like, "Hey, we're Monster." You know, yeah, if yeah. I see this split, uh, like if you look at the announcements they did for game day, if I see in brackets "lol" and today we play against Barrage Esports or something along the lines, no graphic, no GIF or anything, I'm gonna be livid. <laughs> I am gonna be livid. Um, you know, if you've got all that back in and you can employ so many graphics designers and you've got people from sports backgrounds and everything that can hype up uh, a match. Please, for God's sake, let there be some good content coming out of there. This mm. is a huge opportunity, and I hope it's not wasted. Yeah. yeah. Um, I predicted a long time ago that I thought sports brands would have taken over esports by now. 
I'm very surprised that, you know, we don't see more football teams involved with almost every esport. In the UK, it's a bit more difficult because they tend to just lean towards FIFA because that is football. Um, but yeah, I, I think Munster coming in is massive for Ireland. Mm. I think it's very big for Phelan and I just pray to God they don't waste it. I think I think um, what it is normally with, especially in the UK, especially with some like football, because so, um, I might be wrong, but Australia is origin, isn't it? Which is basically Australis is origin, which is essentially yeah, Arsenal, origin, yeah. and they're Arsenal related. They're related with Arsenal as well. I think uh, the the owners or something. There's a link between Arsenal and Australia, I believe. There's there's um, a lot of strands. I mean, Australis yes. is the Danish team. They're not just. Australian, right? They, it's an entire mm. group which then ventures into three different teams. So they've got yeah. Origin, they've got another team, they've got the CSGO team, and they've got this, and it's the Australis group at the top, right? But it's, I mean, just because you've got investment backing, I again would prefer the Arsenal model of not just coming mm-hmm. in and taking over something. If, yes, if yeah. Arsenal, I don't know off the top of my head, right? But if Arsenal's powering um, Austra- the Australis group and then splitting through that way, Love it, right? I'm They've done it properly. Sure are, I don't think I'm they are. Sure. I mean, I've got no idea this is what you've just said. But, I mean, if they are, then that's good, right? Um, the thing is, there, there are a lot of English football teams that aren't involved in anything outside of uh, FIFA. You, the full menu. You could run through the entire list. Mm. And nearly every football club in the UK is involved in FIFA in some way, especially with Corona going on. They thought this is their way to, to, to branch in and interact with people. But they're not involved in the other esports. And to be honest, I think that's fine. But mm-hmm. you you would have expected them to be more involved, I think, is what Vroomi was trying to get across. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have assumed in the UK by now that there would have been more football teams involved. Yeah. Oh, what I was trying to say, because I'm, I'm try- I was trying to find it, and if I can find it, I'll put it up on Twitter as well, because I believe that it is. Because a, a lot of them are, are owned by organisations and sponsored by football clubs, or there is a sporting infrastructure to a point. But there, there's not, not to an extent where, like Schalke have taken over, or... Uh, it's kind of uh, we own part of a business which is also related to a sports club and and so forth, so forth. But it's not. It's Arsenal nowhere near as point. Krunker and Sun Josh by Overwatch League esports slot in LA as Cloud9 take London when they were making Overwatch League commitments. They have uh, an LA commitment, but it's just because um, Stan Krunker, whatever his name is, uh, he has a, a huge amounts of money. He's invested mm-hmm. in yeah. in. LA Rams, Denver Nuggets, like it's just an investment for him. It's, yeah, so it's that's what I mean. So a lot of it is, might be investment, but it's not in terms of like actually taking it as a whole. Where like I agree with you, I was expecting like uh, a team like Man City for me personally. I'm actually surprised uh, it's not. Man City it's... were involved with Epsilon, weren't they? And oh yeah, they were a little bit. Yeah, yeah but that was more the FIFA side though, good. wasn't it? Only I thought I thought that was kind of like a title yeah. specific thing. I remember Fnatic were also involved with Roma. Roma, yeah, and that was Fnatic, that was FIFA yeah. as well. Yeah, so I think they do sort of, especially with the British clubs, they do sort of stick more towards mm-hmm. FIFA because you know it's based on them, I football, suppose, yeah. in a way. I think <laughs> don't a lot of football teams in other countries they do they have teams in other sports as well. Like yeah. I know, like in Spain, for example, like um, like Barcelona and Real Madrid are big in basketball. Valencia have things. a big one but as in, well. Yeah, in England, it's more. Of, it's Pasconia were big in T-Sports at one point. Mm-hmm. Shocker yeah. and Handball, it's the equivalent. All these teams have further sports portfolios. It yeah. just isn't so the they, same thing. They're kind of more, I guess, experienced in making a new team in something mm-hmm. else that they haven't done before. Maybe it's yeah. just not as daunting. Maybe we, we have to remember with football teams that female football is only just starting to become a norm mm-hmm. for every team to have a female football team. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a long time until we see them mm-hmm. branch 
further out if we're only just starting to get female football teams in every single football team now, you know. Um, I think it could be a while now, maybe until we see British football teams start to take more of an interest in esports, but who knows? Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll see it, like, in the next couple of months with coronavirus. So we'll we'll be waiting a bit longer to see how the football world stabilises financially. Yeah. Well, my only thing with bringing it back to uh, the feeling move to Munster, I don't, I don't follow rugby at all, so I had, literally had no no clue who uh, Munster even were. I just thought the logo looked quite horrible, but uh, <laughs> maybe me. The logo looks quite will, horrible you, anyway. You'll, so. you'll make a lot of enemies in Munster, <laughs> but probably a lot of friends in somewhere like Ulster, <laughs> like that, with comments like that. That was all I thought. Well, yeah. I thought, yeah, and kind of along the same lines of, yeah. Uh, why would they not just do like a rebrand? But then, like you say, it might why be... didn't they just whack a wolf on it if it was feeding? Just get rid of the deer and whack a wolf on it. Yeah, um, could have worked. Probably was, I can imagine, time restraints then. I reckon, I, I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt and yeah. say it was a time restriction yeah. thing. Okay, I think um, I think that's that's probably our last topic then. I think we're all done. Any Anything else? Any final stuff? Anyone wants to cover? Guess not. Um, don't think so. Okay, fair enough. Um, for those that are still listening, then this is um, our second live episode that we've done. But of course, we do. Uh, po- we will still post this elsewhere. So you might be listening on uh, Spotify or on YouTube. But you might be watching it live. You can follow wherever you're listening, uh, wherever you're listening or watching. And um, if you are watching it on YouTube or on Twitch, you can see all our uh, Twitter's all on the screen as well. So you can uh, drop a follow to all of us. Um, and yeah, that's it really. Thanks for listening.